Hello and welcome to Darling, You're Different, a collaborative podcast that strives to unpack and question the obstacles that may be stopping you from achieving your full potential. My name is Charlotte and I am here to ultimately help you live a healthier, happier and more successful life. Welcome back to another episode of Darling, You're Different. Today, we are joined by an incredible human. She is a life and mindset coach for the modern day woman that is looking to unlock her limitless potential in every aspect of life, ranging from personal growth, career, relationships, but also oneself. She breaks through limiting beliefs and inspires women to step into the powerful beings that they truly are. So with great privilege, I would love to welcome Montana Wild. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. Yes, I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah, tell us, how are you? What's happening today? Today is an easy day today. I did take the day off. I'm just having a bit of an extended long weekend because it is the Queen's birthday weekend we've just passed. So it's been great. Again, as I said earlier, I've like been able to sleep in a little bit before going to training this morning. I've been building a lot of content this morning because I know it'll be a couple of weeks past when you post this, but I do have a free masterclass coming out. So I'm super excited for that. Perhaps I can do and a yeah. sneaky share before that then. <laughs> yeah, we love it. But yeah, so I've been, everything's been going cruisy. How are you? I love that. I am so good. Likewise, like I've actually had a few days off, which is not like me to have days off. So I feel like we're in the same boat. It's really nice to kind of jump back into it and just have a bit more energy than usual, but I don't know, restart the week really. I know it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So before we jump into the podcast and actually talk about what it is that you're you do and why I've got you here to chat today. I thought we could take a moment to let the listeners get to know you a little better, but also I can get to know you a little better and all that cool stuff. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. Cool. So first of all, how old are you? I am, I was about to say 23, but my birthday just passed. I'm 24 now. So yeah. We've had a few people that I seem to get people when it's nearly their birthday or it's just gone. I like that. (laughs) It's always the way, just really aligned. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Now, where are you from and where are you living now? So I am from Southeast Melbourne. I am currently still living at my beautiful parents' house, but in a couple of months, my partner and I will be moving out, not far away. It's about a 15 minute drive. So still be able to see my parents and my family. So that'll be good. That is so exciting. Is it like renting, buying? What's the experience? Well, we actually bought our first property last year and it's just been built. So yeah, we're just waiting for the finishing touches to occur and all those things. So we're excited to move in and start beautifying the place with the furniture. I love that so much. There's nothing more exciting about when you've just walked into like an empty space and you can make it your own. And Oh, I'm envious. <laughs> so Montana, tell us, what does happiness mean to you? Hmm. It's such an interesting question. I love it. Because my happiness... Yeah. And my happiness is like, what it means to me and defines me is like constantly evolving 
because I figure out what I don't like and then then I figure out what I do like and then I get to choose to do what I love and I honestly when I'm so grateful doing what I love I just find this undescribable happiness within myself and it can come every day and every moment and in some time and sometimes it can just come in like you know one singular five minute block and I'm just like oh that's amazing but yeah I, I suppose I can't really describe it as one thing because I find it everywhere I possibly can and I always am looking for what does make me happy and choosing to do that yeah so do you feel I guess like the more, I guess, you do seek the happiness, the easier it is to find the good things as well? Definitely. And it's a lot easier to find the things I don't like and then try something new. So it's not necessarily finding the good stuff. It's trying everything and just seeing how it feels to me. And then I just work through it that way. I love that so much. And you sound like so much fun. (laughs) I'm so glad I got you on. Speaking of fun, what is your favorite food? I have this like indescribable urge to consistently eat donuts. And I've been bodybuilding for about two and a half years now. And that is probably the most challenging part about it. And I flexible diet, which is good. Yeah. However, on the days where I just can't fit the donut in, that is not a good day. It's hard. No. What kind of donuts are we talking? We're we talking like a classic Krispy Kreme, a Daniel's donut, like just a Coles Mr. Donut. <laughs> it's not even a Coles Mr. Donut. It is the Coles Bakery iced donut. Ooh, yum. Oh like God, a traditional, yum. like when you had your, when you were a kid and it was just like the little ring donut and it's got the icing on it with the sprinkles. Oh. It's yeah, you can ask my family, you can ask my boyfriend about that. I've had some horrific days with that where I just too much <laughs> the entire packet, no shame. Like, no, like, literally, and the funny story, I know I don't want to take this over, but no, nah, do it. My partner and I had our five year anniversary last year, yeah, yeah, last year. And we tend to like go on a weekend away and we live the life that we want to live like for the rest of our life. And so we went away and he took me to this really expensive restaurant and I kind of indulge a lot on these weekends <laughs> and I thought it'd be great. Oh my God, I'll get a pack of donuts for us to share. I neglect <laughs> to remember all the time that he does not like donuts and instead I ate the whole packet. We went to this dinner. It was like a $400 dinner and I proceeded to vomit everything up <laughs> because I just loved these donuts too much and oh. I just had this massive sugar rush. <laughs> That is so funny, but you've also, that's a great memory. (laughs) Oh, 100%. He's like, I'll still take you to these restaurants, but you're not having that many donuts again. (laughs) Not beforehand anyway, maybe after. Exactly right. (laughs) Oh my God, that is the best story ever. (laughs) Um, Now, what is something that you have learnt this week? That I need to trust myself more Mm. and to work on that area of my life. Yeah. And where that shows up. Yeah. Okay. We'll delve into a bit more of that shortly. But final question, what is something that has made you smile today? Being here. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited that you're excited. (laughs) Yay. All righty. Let's jump straight into it. So Montana, 
what is it that you do? So I mentioned that you're a life and mindset coach for the modern day woman, but elaborate on that. So I will probably start with my journey on this because I really started coaching in my nine to five and building my team up to be the leaders that they desired to be because I became a leader at a very young age and I kind of had to figure it out on my own. I had support, of course, but I definitely had to figure it out on my own for the most part. And watching especially other women come through the ranks and advocate or promote themselves as desiring this life, I realized, hey, I can help you out. And originally I went on to study coaching as a leader specifically just in my nine to five and just, you know, be able to help these other women out. And it just fell into this like obsession with life coaching and mindset coaching because you, once you're in the space, you realize the day-to-day things that women are challenged by, it shows up in every area of your life. So it's it's 100%. And because I would start with coaching these women at work and I'd be like, oh, so like, let's talk about this, this and this, and this is how we're going to get there. How do you feel about that? Oh, I can't do that. And all these things would show up. And I'm like, is this showing up in like your relationships, in like your home life? And they're like, yeah. And so gradually I kind of continued my studies and I stepped into the personal development world and I started my own business. And now I'm working with all these women on so many different levels, but it's all the same thing. And so I coach them on becoming them their unstoppable selves. And that's one of my favorite programs, The Unstoppable Woman. And we're just going through those limiting beliefs, stepping into their power, actually aligning them with their intuition and making decisions that feel good not based on what they should be doing or they could have done before and all those things. Because once you realize that there's not one way to get to where you want to go, you're willing to take on those challenges and I'm just the person there to support you. That's what I want to be because now I'm figuring out for myself in each level that I go up, I can now help the other women do the same. And that's really, I find so much joy, love and inspiration from it myself so yeah I love that and I can tell you're so passionate about it and I feel like it's something that I've recently gotten into in the past six months and oh it's it's so game changing when you realize that you stop comparing yourself to other people and realize that you are on your own path and one thing I liked that you kind of brought up is you were speaking of like I guess women on different levels like what does that mean but also in comparison to the modern day woman. Definitely. So women at different levels, I find like you're obviously entering your first strong desire to do something. And then there's the woman who's achieved some things in their life, yet they aren't a whole, like they aren't wholly aware of how they've done that. So they're still achieving things. They're still putting in the actions, but they aren't consciously aware to put the intention into the next level. And then you also have the women who have the intention and have that, but they still have those blockages holding them back from taking the leap of the next step again. So those different levels, I think people are so consciously aware with them. They are blurred lines. So you can't really say you're at this level or you're at this level. There's like no level one, two or three or, you know, whatever. 
but it's more of just like you ongoing developing these skills and habits to become the best version of yourself, not just every year that you graduate in some certain degree or something, but every day, every hour, every second, you know, you're just doing the best you can with what you've got all the time. And when I speak on the modern day woman, I suppose my way of approaching things and talking with the modern day woman is the one that is looking for balance in their life, but still being able to be an equal contributor in society because we aren't going back 500 years. We aren't saying like the woman has to stay home, but she can if she wants. We're not saying the woman has to work, but she can if she wants. What we are actually saying is that a woman has a choice now. So let's remind her of that choice and help her make those choices for herself without those hereditary blockages and limiting beliefs and all those things. We're just empowering that choice, really. Oh, my God. I love that so much. And I know in previous episodes, the listeners might have heard me talk about just, I guess, breaking the societal norms of what is stereotypical a man or a woman. And I love that you've added that we're allowing people to make that choice for themselves and I guess not take in that external feedback really. Um, But I love that you touched on limiting beliefs because let's talk about this a bit more. And some of the listeners, I guess, might be aware of limiting beliefs, but not really sure what they are or how to recognize them. So can you touch on that for us? I think limiting beliefs, they come in all different shapes and sizes. And the way I best describe this to my clients is when they say they have to do something. Mm. It's like, I have to do this because if I don't, something else will happen and blah, blah, blah. Where the truth is, and I know this to be true wholly, that everything is a choice. You don't have to do anything. However, there are always going to be consequences or changes or all those things that we have to manage. And we can do that because we are adults. Most of the people listening to your podcast are adults. And it's okay. It doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You still actually did the thing. You just get to take the learnings from it. But putting I have to do this in front of anything is just limiting yourself from what you could be doing because imagine I have to do this playing in your your unconscious mind continuously you're pretty much blocking out all of the other opportunities or pathways or timelines that you could be on right now you can definitely there's a much more cleaner version of explaining limiting beliefs that's just definitely how I am able to articulate it to my clients because they have to can be so different to anyone else's. Yeah. And I love that so much because I guess the people listening might relate to this in their everyday life. Like, I have to go to work. I have to go to gym. It's like, well, that's all good and well, but you're still making that decision to go and you can either change it to it. I have to, and make it a dreadful thing, or you can say, I get to do it. And how cool is that? So I guess what are some tips for some people listening that might be struggling with this? I would honestly, and I know this can be difficult for some people, and I wouldn't say you always have to physically journal, but journaling as a practice itself is really helpful because write down anything that you say you have to do 
and just look at what you could do instead. What might be another option? And if that might be another option, can it be another option? Can you choose to do that today? It's just focusing and flipping, again, those words, exactly how you said it. Say, I have to or do I choose to? Completely up to you. And again, that will be a task in itself because someone goes, I have to journal to figure it out. You don't have to do it. I said you don't have to do it. You can have this conversation in your head if you want. You can invest in a coach. You can speak to me. You can speak to a friend. You can do whatever. You don't have to journal, but it's going to be the easiest, quickest way, in my opinion. Now, in one of your recent posts that you made, you actually spoke about compassionate boundaries. So what does this mean to you? But also, what are the ways our listeners can implement them in your everyday life? But compassionate boundaries, if I'm to look at it right now, it is setting boundaries with love and appreciation for yourself for the other parties that might be involved in the boundaries it's doing this because I choose me today and I don't choose me because I'm not choosing you it's just this is what I need so I can facilitate your needs as well and I think setting boundaries quite often especially in social media in any type of media it is set in a scene where it is, this is my boundary and don't piss me off because that's crossing my boundary. And everyone's like, whoa, I'm not going to start setting boundaries because I'm just going to look like a bitch or something like that. Whereas it can, honestly, a boundary can just be, for example, in a nine to five workplace, I coach women in doing this so often, but it can be just saying, yeah, I can do for you this for you up until two o'clock because after two o'clock, I need to move on to something else. If you need me for anything else, maybe we can organize another day and utilize those hours then. It's saying I can still help you only to this point because I need to do for me because I love me. I love you. I love everyone. Let's all <laughs> get it done together. Yeah, I love that. And I guess the second part of that is, so you mentioned some ways that they can implement in their life. So again, going back to the sounding like a bitch, like in our head, the second we say, I can't do this. It's almost that, I guess, limiting belief or fear of letting other people down. But when you reframe it like that, it's like, well, you're not putting anyone down. You're just putting yourself first. And that's really cool. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's just breaking it down. Just if you can't get it done today, you can offer to get it done tomorrow. If that doesn't suit them, that's a boundary for them. It's got That means nothing to you or means nothing about you. You've mm. just offered what you are able to do. If they can't facilitate that either, mm. you're going to have to work around it again. It's just a conversation. Yeah. And if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. If not, just let it go. <laughs> 100%. So another thing I know that you have spoken about in your work is fear. And I love that your definition of it, I guess, breaking it up is the false evidence appealing real. So can you talk about this for us? A lot of our fears are about things that have been taught or conditioned and what we perceive is going to happen based on our values and our beliefs. It seems so real because everything in our life up until now has told us that it is. It's like 
you're never going to truly know the outcome of something until you do it yourself, right? However, growing up and and especially in like Westernized society, and I, I'm generalizing here, but you got to fit in a box. So you do believe everything you're told. And so imagine forming up this world map and your view of the world, I should say, based on everything you're told. So if something's to happen because someone else did it, you know that's exactly what's going to happen to you. I feel like it kind of links back to what you were saying at the start, though, about just trying it because the reality is we don't know the outcome of the situation until it's happened. So if we're letting the fear and what we perceive is going to happen, like it's going to stop you from doing so many things in life. For sure. And you don't even have to try and do the whole thing straight away. It's leaning Mm. into it. Like we don't want to take this one big grand step. We can in some certain circumstances and you can do it if you want. However, if you do not succeed when you're taking that one big step, it is a lot more traumatic and then that fear pops up and then it stops you from doing everything else ever again. However, if you lean into it consistently and just say, what might that look like? Ask yourself the questions. Speak to the people who have done it before, who had were successful. We don't we want to find the evidence to say to find the truth of what it could be. Mm. So often we are looking at the possibility of failure a lot more than we're looking at the possibility of success. People are so scared and they fear that they're going to fail whatever it is they desire to do that they completely ignore the what if you succeed. Oh, I love that so much. And what actually just popped up for me just now was I actually just heard the story of like Ed Sheeran's rise to fame the other day. And I feel like this relates so much because everyone, well, if you don't know Ed Sheeran, I don't know what bubble or rock you're living under. But anyway, he was this young ginger head kid with glasses. He was bullied severely in school. And like, I think he had like a speech impediment And I believe when he was like 14, don't quote me on this, but he had laser eye surgery or some sort of eye surgery, which actually left him with a lazy eye. So not only was he ginger, he had glasses, he now had a lazy eye and a speech impediment and was so bullied because of it. And then at the age of 14, he actually, I think he left school and decided to go somewhere. I can't remember where, but basically spent his time busking on the street, sleeping in buses, like sleeping on like couch surfing basically, because he'd just kind of given up with school, given up with all of it. And because of that, he almost used his pain and created like this image for himself, but not even only an image, he created the life that he wanted to create. So he learned how to rap Eminem and that actually helped him overcome his speech impediment. And then long story short, he ended up meeting someone that was a record producer and that's how it all happened. But it's crazy how instead of giving into that fear, he could have played his whole life thinking, poor me, I'm bullied, I'm small, I'm not worth it. But instead he was just like, hell's to the no, I'm getting out of this environment and creating my own life. And look at him now. He's one of the most successful people in the world. 100%. And yeah. It's yeah, crazy. I'm pretty sure Drake did something very similar. Ooh. So, yeah, he, 
I mean, his rise to fame was probably very much different because I don't think he had a speech impediment or any of those things. However, know. he in a, another podcast that I was interviewed on as well, they spoke about in one of their other podcasts, they spoke about Drake used to rent cars that he would want to one day buy and purchase for his own and he would live the life that he desired. Mm. And I mentioned earlier, my partner and I, when we go on our anniversaries, we live the life that we we want to live every day. And we do those things because you want to talk about manifestation, physically doing the thing <laughs> is going to get yeah. you there a whole lot quicker because you're putting yourself in this space where it's it's the life you want to live, the person you want to be. You're not just thinking about it, you're actually living it. Even if it's for a brief time, you get in the habit of doing it every day. Your life and the energy in the world is just going to draw it more and more in. Because those anniversary weekends, we used to only do once a year. We do it twice a year now. And obviously in the next couple of years, we'll be looking to do it far more frequently. And it's just, you start living the life. You start then doing, things just come. They come to you. So if you want to start manifesting, First, visualize it, journal about it, then start living it. Pretend that you're living it already and see how fast it comes. Mm. And it kind of goes back to, I guess, for people listening, you might not have money to rent out a Mercedes or a Beamer or something, and that's fine. Just get into your own car or get on your bike. I don't know how you move around, but imagine that you're in it and feel what it would feel like, smell that new car and I guess that's just little things that you can do to, I guess, start living that life if you wanted to, if people might be like limited by money or things like that. Yeah. And honestly, it could be using your annual leave one day because a lot of people don't do it. They'll just hold on to it or even your sick leave. Like I'm not telling you to deceive your boss or anything like that, but if you need to check in on your mental health, go use a sick day, take yourself out for a coffee. And live the life like you've got this, like you might be desiring to work part-time. You might be desiring to have a complete passive income. Hmm. Go and live the life for a day and just see how it makes you feel so that you know what you're working towards. Because if you don't know what you're working towards, then you're obviously moving away from something and that only lasts so long because punishing yourself to move away from something, let's work on something better. Oh my God, that literally just gives me chills. (laughs) Now let's talk about you for a little bit. So obviously you've worked with clients of your own. I want to know that what is the biggest lesson that you've learned about yourself from working with people? With, from my own clients? Yeah. That listening and active listening and not just hearing what they say, but listening is a practice in itself. Mm Mm-hmm. We grow up with a habit, I certainly did grow up with a habit of you here to respond. And I've had a lot of success with all my clients to date on the ones, on the sessions where I don't feel it went successful. Like to them, they might not have, like they might've got so much more out of it, but the times that I feel like it could have been a better session and what I look at, I can improve on, it's not projecting my map of the world because I just heard instead of listening. And so when you just hear things to respond, you start projecting. 
because you're like, this is how I did it and this is my life. And oh my God, like I can't believe that happened. But when you actually listen, you're just like, okay, all right. And then I can dive deeper and deeper and deeper and just get real results. You feel it in yourself because of the rapport that you've built. And yeah, it's just a consistent practice. Like even now, listening to you, making sure that I'm not rambling. Mm -hmm. Even when I said it earlier, it's rambling because I wholly probably didn't listen to that question. I just heard the question. And so, (laughs) but for myself, what I've learned most is that when you listen with your heart, not only does the client get something out of it, but I get something out of it every time. I love that so much. And I can definitely relate to that. And it's probably been one of my biggest takeaways from this podcast is learning to listen. And I know a lot of the people that know me are probably like, she talks so much, like she never shuts up. And it's true. I talk a lot, but it's also really nice to sit back and actually just shut up for a second, but listen to what someone else is saying, because you're right. Like I'm learning so much from it and but also not from the other person, but about myself. And it's a really nice kind of realization to have. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about also is referring to your clients and the work that you've done again, but what's the most common barrier that you come across that's holding people back when they're trying to reach the best version of themselves? Thinking or believing, not even just thinking, but believing they're never doing enough when they're more than less they're doing too much Mm. they're giving too much so I talk about a lot with my clients and on social media about the cycle of giving and receiving and that that law it's actually yeah a law of like the universe you give and you receive with a lot of yeah with women who are conditioned in very traditional I would say settings for the westernized society it is they're trying to become you know this boss woman and do it all the things but they're not sharing say the domestic work or anything like that and this shows up again at all different levels because like young women they're like I should be doing this with my partner and so and so young mothers or new mothers they're all like okay so I'm the total caregiver and so I'll do everything and I also want to work my nine to five like full-time and do all the things. And then with the cycle of giving and receiving. So they're giving, giving, giving absolutely everything. So there's no priority. There's no sitting there for five seconds and looking at actually what they want to do. They're just relying on the conditionings and saying, this is what I should be doing. I'll give everything that I've got until I'm burnt out. I get sick. I get resentful towards my kids and my partner. I get resentful towards my employer and they just don't want to do anything. It's done. I hate the world. You know, this is not what I chose because yeah, exactly. It isn't what you chose. You've relied on what everyone told you you should be doing. And now it's come to this point and that's okay. We get to have those times. Now it's their choice to, you know, step into the work and make the change and continue because they still can have everything they want. It's about that balance. Let yourself receive. You don't have to feel guilty for receiving your partner or your children or your employer. They're not out to get you. 
They want to support you so you can do everything that you want. You just don't have to do it all at once. Yes. And it goes back to, I guess, just asking for help when you are feeling stressed or feeling burnt out or like, again, if not asking for help, recognizing in yourself when you need to set the boundaries. Oh, it just ties in so much with what we've spoken about, doesn't it? hundred percent. I mean, everything relates to everything at the end of the day. But yeah, asking for help is probably another big one. And again, it just relates to it all. It's There's so much fear in asking for help because it shows your weakness. It shows that you're not capable and it, it shows that you're a failure in your belief. And that's actually what my masterclass is. <laughs> oh. go, go ahead, watch it, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, come on. <laughs> but yeah, no, so... There's just so many things that you can say are so common. Yeah, you could list them all day, every day, but definitely one of those. Taking on too much, giving the world to absolutely everyone, not setting your boundaries, not asking for help and overwhelm, stress, all those things. Yeah, I love that. And I guess one of the last questions I want to, or I guess ask you or chat to you about is the importance of actually doing the work, but also... How do I word this? I guess using motivation, but not relying on motivation. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm a heavy advocate to, for, I should say, inspiration. I am a huge advocate for discipline. And I suppose that shows up for me a lot in my bodybuilding, my strength training, my nutrition, all of those things. However, in my own success and also the success of my clients, it's the discipline to keep going, whether it's good or bad, keep moving forward. The inspiration, find, again, trial and error. Find what inspires you and makes you feel good inside and keep doing it. And once that inspiration kind of wears off from it, find something else because that could be telling you you're on to another level. Motivation, it's amazing when it's there. Like it's like quick adrenaline rush, like I'm so motivated all those things. However, as as quick as it goes high is as quick as it comes down. So doing the work, it's finding the tools that are going to keep you disciplined. So those habits, it's finding those things that give you inspiration. As I said, living the life you desire, actively putting in place those small things, whether it's getting a coffee from your favorite coffee shop, because that's what you want to do every day. That gives you inspiration to live the life that you want to live cool, go get that coffee. If it's a dollar extra, can you sacrifice something else somewhere else? Because if that coffee is going to inspire you to live and be and have all those things that you want, I would find value in that. That's where I would invest. And I mean, accountability, like I don't say this just because I am a coach, but having a coach is its next level. Like you talk about like someone and it sounds aggressive, but calling you out on your bullshit, supporting you and loving you with everything just so you can get to where you want to go. And actually someone who's trained in the tools and the habits and all of those things, you're pretty much investing in yourself and another person and them just saying, I got you, sis. Like, I'm here for you. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but yeah. it feels like I'm not alone on your own journey because even though it is your own journey, like you need a community, you need a team. Oh, I love that. Now, I guess wrapping this up a little bit, I feel like I could talk to you all day though because so many things, but that's okay. We can keep chatting. But 
Where can my listeners find you, Montana? So I'm on Instagram, Montana Wild. Yeah, I'm sure you'll put how to spell my last name. <laughs> I'll pop it in the, in the notes. <laughs> Montana Wild. I am on TikTok. I'm trying to improve on that. That's a wild game. That is. That's, was that meant to be a get it wild game? No. Oh, okay. no I always forget. No, oh, but that is God. like, oh, like TikTok. Next yeah, next level. It's Montana Wild again. So <laughs> you'll find me easily. Uh, TikTok, oh, my goodness. I'm getting through it. <laughs> I need to jump on this bandwagon because everyone I've spoken to has said that they're on it. And I'm like, how do people do this TikTok thing? It's again, like social media, when I got into this industry, and sorry to drag this one, but yeah. it was one of my own fears because I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be heard, but I wanted to be successful, but like no one know me. <laughs> and so I'm consistently trying to navigate this world of social media. And it's, it's beautiful. It truly is, but it, it, it's challenging. It is yeah, challenging. For sure. Alrighty. Now wrapping up, do you mind if I ask you one final question? Go for it. So what is one piece of advice that changed your life? Everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have. And if you live your life by that, you will just focus on your own journey and you'll be able to show compassion for everyone and love for everyone, no matter the circumstance. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Darling, You're Different. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star rating and a written review. Also reach out to me on Instagram at charlotte underscore McKinnon, and I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. But also, if there are any guests that you think that I should have on this show or any topics that you would like me to discuss, let me know. I want you to go out today and do something to make someone else smile. I am so grateful to each and every one of you. But most importantly, I want you to remember that, darling, you are different. And that is such a good thing.